Welcome to Podcast Guesting for Profit, where we bring you the secrets behind what it actually takes to be successful as a podcast guest without being sleazy or salesy. I'm your host, Christine McAllister. And I'm your co-host, Nicole Janton. Together, we're sharing the tips and strategies that we and our clients have used to generate seven figures from podcast guesting so that you can tap into the true power of podcast interviews. Whether you're an entrepreneur who wants to grow your business, a podcaster who wants to grow your own show, or both, you're in the right place. Welcome to Podcast Guesting for Profit. Hi, and welcome to Podcast Guesting for Profit, where we teach you what you need to know to be an amazing podcast guest who shares your message, creates more impact, and also creates more income for your mission-driven business. In today's episode, we are talking all about how to set yourself up to get the host who's interviewing you to hire you without pitching them at the end of an interview. This is a question we get asked a lot, one of our FAQs. And to be honest with you, most people are completely going about it the wrong way, actually harming their reputation and their brand and sabotaging their chances of making that happen. So we're excited to dive in, share some real examples that we've experienced from both sides of the mic and help you become more effective. First, please follow, subscribe wherever you're listening, hit that button and consider leaving us a review because that will help us to share this work with more podcast guests or aspiring podcast guests who need it so that they don't make the same mistakes that we have made and that we see every day. Thank you so much for following and subscribing. Let's dive into the episode with a real example. Nicole, you have a recent example as a podcast host where this happened to you. Fill us in. Yes. So recently on my podcast, the other podcast that I host called Anxious and Ambitious, I was actually pitched by one of my podcast guests at the end of the interview. And it left the relationship feeling really weird, to be honest. Right after we finished recording, the guest proceeded to start asking me questions as though we were on a sales call. And then they just offered up their services straight up front and offered me an application. <laughs> and so after hearing them talk on the interview, quite frankly, I was really intrigued to hear more about what they do and maybe learn a little bit more about their services. But how they ended that interview and really going into a non-permission-based pitch, and in my viewpoint, not really respecting the conversation that we had just had and the relationship that we were building it really left a sour taste in my mouth. And if anything, it kind of made me feel less likely to want to reach out and work with that person. And I know I'm not alone here and that a lot of hosts must be feeling like this, especially if they get a pitch right at the end of the interview. Would you agree, Christine? Oh my gosh, it's so true. Like 
if you're in business, <laughs> you are also in the business of sales, right? Of selling what it is that, that you offer and how you help people. And I think the frame and the expectations of the conversation are everything, right? So what I'm hearing you say is, look, you had this person on because you thought their work was interesting. You were drawn to it to the point where you were thinking about investing some money to get their help. But then without your permission, without your consent, without a mutual expectation that this is the way the conversation was going to go after the interview, the person just kind of wormed their way into trying to force a sales conversation with you. And it wasn't the time or the place. And it felt forced. And it felt it put you in a really awkward position. Because you didn't expect it. And that wasn't at all the point of this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And so it ended up, if anything, leaving the conversation on a weirder note. And I was thinking about it more afterwards and like, why did I have such a almost averse reaction to this pitch? Because like I said, during the interview, I was intrigued and I wanted to learn more. And so all of a sudden, like what could have made this switch, you know? And I think a lot of it comes down to this idea that nobody really wants to be sold to, especially without the permission of being sold to. We all want to sell ourselves, right? It's the same concept if you've heard that people don't remember what you tell them, but they'll remember what they conclude themselves. People are going to be more likely to buy if they feel like it's a decision that they're making themselves and that they want to reach out and learn more information rather than if somebody is more, I guess, throwing themselves at you. Right. Like we all want to be at choice here. Right. I think especially, you know, folks who are more good at sensing other people, whether we're empathic or intuitive, right. Or we have a gut feeling like what you said reminded me of that saying, you know, people aren't going to remember what you say, but they're going to remember how they felt (laughs) when you said it Mm -hmm. or how you made them feel. Um, which is a whole different conversation if you can make somebody feel some way or not. But that's that's how the saying goes. Yes. So how exactly are you setting up this conversation? And, you know, what is the true long-term ROI, return on investment, of building a relationship without being attached to a specific outcome, Right. Because this is a person, this is not like a dollar sign or a number. And we are all about building relationships here. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the host's framework or the host's frame of mind, rather, when you come into a conversation. This is one of the foundations of what we teach understanding the mindset of a host, understanding the stage that you are walking on to. Some of you are podcast hosts and some of you are not. We want to make sure that we understand what does the host want, right? Because we're all thinking about what's in it for us, right? So how you show up and be a top podcast guest has everything to do with how you prep and how you use that preparation to show up on the interview. So, Nicole, obviously you are a podcast host. (laughs) What do you think about when you're a guest 
going to be interviewed coming from that host's perspective. Yeah, for sure. So as a guest, one of the first things that I always think about is this host has started this show and spent time building and growing this show for a reason. They're not just, you know, creating this show, creating a big audience that I can come on and share my sales pitch to them. Instead, they're trying to provide value to their audience, right? So I always try to think about what is the mission that this podcast host is trying to accomplish? Why did they even start the podcast in the first place? And why are people listening to the podcast? Because if you're a podcast host, you know it's a lot of work to create the podcast, to publish the podcast, to promote it, to get those listeners. And so there's always going to be a purpose as to why. And the more I think that you can understand the why of the host as the guest, the more that you can actually mesh into the show and start to support that host because now you're supporting their mission. And it ends up building the relationship with the host and the audience because everybody can feel like this person is in it for the same reason that we are. They're on our team, right? Totally. One of the things that we often forget as guests is that it is the host's stage and they are transferring their know, like, and trust that they have with their audience onto us by having us on, right? So if we mess with the host in any way, or we make the host look like less than like, I have an example where somebody came to me, very successful entrepreneur came to me and said, I don't know why my appearances aren't working. My work is great. I think I'm a great guest. And I just think it must be that podcast guesting isn't the medium for me. And I took a look at one of their episodes and they, they actually like, interrupted and corrected the host and said like, no, let me, let me just go back to something. Let me just go back to something that I said. Let me just, let me just stop you there. And I was like, excuse me, because again, not a debate show, not that person's stage, but they're interrupting the host and kind of taking over the show. And like, that makes everybody uncomfortable because everybody's there for the host, right? And so how's that host gonna feel when they feel like they're losing face in front of the audience they've worked so hard to build? This really, just like everything we teach is for people who are relationship driven, are connection driven, are authentic, are genuine, are conscious, wanna go about this in a way that honors the other human across the screen on the other side of the mic. And when you go in, again, treating that person like they are just a sales pitch waiting to happen, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna get you your clonable clients. It's not going to create long-term relationships. It's just gonna create an icky taste and you're not gonna get all of the 20 benefits that we see or 20 ways to monetize a podcast interview. I mean, you're not going to get any of them by showing up in that way. So what can we do on the flip side to actually be a good guest who attracts rather than kind of pushes toward selling our thing? 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this is a great question. And I can totally understand at the same time why guests come in and and see the host as maybe a potential client, because especially if it is somebody that you think you can help, there's nothing wrong with seeing that opportunity. However, you have to understand the context of this conversation, right? It's not a sales call. You didn't get them on a discovery call. You are going on their podcast, on their platform. And so the best way that you're going to be able to, if anything, if you want to sell your services to them, to their audience, is really by adding value so that they can come to the conclusion themselves. So you can add value to the interview by understanding, again, what is the mission? What is the message of this podcast? And how can I share insightful and perhaps actionable information and advice that the host and their audience can benefit from? Because the more value that you're providing, the more the host is going to be like, hey, I want to hear more about that. Or, oh, that's something I'd be interested in. Because most of us as hosts, we started a podcast because it's something that we're passionate about. It's probably something that we deal with. So the more you can tie in your insights and your advice into the message of the interview, I think the more it's going to actually resonate with them, that host and have them wanting to learn more. Yes. Exactly. Right. So this goes back to focus on building the relationship without a specific outcome. Now you might have something that you would love to happen, but let's be honest, you can't force anything when it is too huge, when it involves two humans, right? Like as much as you might have an intention around it, there is somebody else at choice in this conversation. So What can you do to build the relationship by serving them, right? Serving them, knowing that this is a longer game. And that also means the opportunities are much, much bigger than if you just looked at it as a quick sale, right? On the other hand, when you show up with like, zero attachment, you are open to magic. You're open to miracles. You're open to all possibilities. I've had the experience of someone hiring me and paying in full just off of an interview. Um, Like not even later, the host going, oh my gosh, like in the post chat, oh my gosh, I want to know more. Tell me more. Um, that, That sounds great. Like I'm in, right? And we've also had clients have similar experiences when you show up owning and standing in your expertise, not from a place of trying to prove anything, not from a place of trying to sell anything, but from a place of sharing what you can within that time container and on that stage, then you're helping people to to self-select. And oftentimes those people are the hosts, right? Um, But if you go in trying to use this as a strategy, then it tends to turn you from thinking about the host as people to thinking about the host as prospects or the host as numbers or whatever. So it's important to, to check yourself, right? Because that's really coming from a place of scarcity where you're like, if you're showing up like, oh my gosh, I wonder if this person will want, okay, how can I get my, how can I get my message across? How can I get it across in the interview? How can I sneak some, you know, testing the waters, salesy type of stuff in, in the pre or post chat? Like I've seen it done. It's not elegant. It's not classy. It's awkward. 
a bad taste in people's mouths. And sometimes, you know, like, like I said earlier, that can even like hurt your reputation, right? If you've done it before, cool. We've all done things in our businesses that we realized later were like out of alignment from a place of fear, from a place of scarcity, like forgive yourself, show yourself compassion and go, yay, I'm learning for next time, right? Because I have more opportunities because I'm still here. So this is really an opportunity to align like your own inner values to how you show up as a guest. Again, I've often said like, what we teach is essentially <laughs> the principles of being a good human, according to Christine, right? My values of connection, authenticity, being genuine, being of service, and applying those values to this medium, this platform of podcast guesting so that you are exponentially widening the possibilities for your business, your reach instead of just focusing on this, like a one night stand, like a one-off transaction. Yeah. I think you make a really good point there when it comes to possibility instead of scarcity. Like how can I come into this thinking of all the possibilities that can come out of this, not just a quick sale to the host, because that's potentially one of the smallest ROIs that you could actually make from that appearance. And the thing is, it could sabotage your ability to perhaps develop that relationship further with the host that could lead to JV partnerships, to affiliate partnerships that could potentially cause a much larger ROI in your business than just selling one host. And so when you come in from that lens of possibility, really your possibilities do multiply. And I know that, you know, we are really against the sleazy, super salesy strategies, but we're not against the idea of, of selling and presenting yourself in a way that's going to captivate the host and the audience and have them interested in hearing more about the work that you do. And one of the ways that we find is most effective to do this is through stories. So I'd love if you could share a little bit, Christine, about stories and how you can implement these in a way that might attract the host to asking more questions about your services so you don't have to pitch them. Yeah. So this requires some preparation. This requires what we were talking about earlier, which is that you do a little bit of research, find out how the host rolls, find out what is important to them, um, how their episodes are normally structured, who their audience is, right? And then what you can do is you can use the sticky note exercise where you take little sticky notes and you put them on either side of your computer screen labeled with the name and maybe a prompt about a client whose story would be relevant for that audience. So basically I could say like, Nicole, Nicole went on one podcast and booked three high ticket clients without a website without even a proper like funnel or anything like that because of the way that she showed up because she was prepared because she served the host and the audience on that interview and because of who she was being. So I would say, you know, we talk a lot about the structures of these things, um, how to do this best practices, and you don't have to have all of that in place for this to work. Right. So if I was going to talk about podcast guesting on a podcast, which normally I am, um, I would take a little sticky note, put it on the side of my monitor and put like Nicole, like 
three clients, one interview, right? Something that's going to jog my memory to answer a question with a specific story to really illustrate, right? That's what we're doing. We're painting a picture in someone's mind of the principle in action. That's so much more tangible. That's how our brains are wired to remember things, right? That's why oral history was a thing for so many years, um, because that's how we are made to remember. So tell those stories, huge opportunity that most people miss because they're so focused on trying to share their unique framework or their sexy name for things, right? Their IP. And at the end of the day, people want something that's relatable to them, right? People are always looking for um, how does this relate to me? How does this relate to me? What meaning am I going to make out of this based on how I perceive that it is related to me? So when I'm telling stories that are specific to where they are and that, that illustrate my points, um, it's such a more powerful interview than if I'm just going in and telling my frameworks and it makes it unique to that audience too, right? Because we don't want the same interview across, across lots of different podcasts. We want people to be able to go and experience and learn and hear different things and follow you from podcast to podcast as a guest. So have those stories at the ready, have those prompts. And then that way, when you get asked a question by the host, you can glance up at one of those sticky notes and go into your answer using a story from your life or your client's life without worrying that you're not going to remember them, without worrying that you're going to draw a blank, right? Or without having to like look down and leaf through some examples that you might have prepared on paper. Have those sticky notes on either side of your screen. And that way, you'll be a lot more likely to be able to flow smoothly with the answers. Yeah, for sure. And something that I notice is when I hear these stories being shared correctly, that is, in podcast interviews, it helps you to self-identify like, oh, that's actually me. I feel just like that. And it feels like that person is inside of your head. So really, it makes you so much more intrigued and wanting to learn more and, and really thirsty for more information. And I would say that it does the same thing to the host. So I'd argue that if you're doing this correctly and you're presenting your value in a way that is compelling and you're sharing these stories, then really the host should be the one who's asking you about next steps to work with you or asking you more about information about your services and how you help people as opposed to you having to, you know, at the end of the interview, just go straight into your pitch. Totally. So let's wrap this up, Nicole. How do we summarize this for folks to be able to walk away and go be awesome, unattached, but value-filled guests? Yeah. So I would say the lens of this is understanding that this is a beginning to a new strategic relationship and going into it from that frame point, right? You're building a real relationship with this person before, during, and after the interview. And 
really, if you want to learn more about building this relationship, we filmed a whole episode on this. So I would definitely go recommend checking that out, how to build the strong relationship with the host and with the audience, because this is what's really going to increase your likelihood of being hired in the future from either the audience or the host themselves. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcast Guesting for Profit. If you would like to grab a list of the 20 ways that we've identified, you can monetize a single podcast interview. That's right. There are 20, a whole lot more than trying to hammer the host into hiring you. You can go over and you can grab that list at lifewithpassion.com slash 20. That's the word 20 or the numbers two zero. Either way, grab that list and start expanding your possibilities for what you can create from a single podcast interview today. Here's to living your life with passion.